With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Today's Autosport podcast is going to be something from one of our sister channels. It's called Gravel Notes with Tom Howard for all the latest rallying news. WRC kicks off today in Monte Carlo. Tom is out there. He's spoken to six of the drivers ahead of today's action and this weekend's action. We'll hear from those on the podcast and give you a full Monte Carlo preview with new technology and likely a new world champion this year with OJ running a limited campaign. Check out the Gravel Notes podcast if you like that on Apple, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the usual places you sign up. Just search Gravel Notes for your latest rallying news and here is today's show welcome to gravel notes with tom howard the start of your 2022 rally coverage my name is martin lee i'll be your host for many of the podcasts this year and when i say host i mean just the person asking tom the questions because tom this really is your podcast your name's in the title and you'll be going to as as many events as possible this year let's hope all of them uh, tom Welcome to your own podcast. Uh, but hey, here we go with 2022. How are you feeling about yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's just, this is a bit interesting, a different role reversal now. But uh, yeah, no, I'm super excited about the new WRC season. I think you'd be hard not to get excited about a season where we've got brand new rules. Nobody knows who's going to win. Um, yeah, it's uh, 
I can't wait. Can't wait to get into Monaco now. Before we get into a couple of things, actually, on this show, you want to cover off uh, the tech changes. I'll be asking you plenty about that. And then we'll have a look at the championship this year. Before we do, you have literally just closed the book on writing your 17-page preview for Autosport magazine. It's out today on Thursday. And if you don't subscribe already... Go and pick it up off the shelves. Uh, it's the the big preview of Formula One, and also uh, every listener to this podcast will be far more interested in WRC. I mean, 17 pages of preview. That just goes to show how anticipated this year is. What on earth have you put into this huge feature? Yeah, no, it's you're right. It's it's been a been a labour of love for the last two weeks. But um, yeah, no, it's well. That, that's the reason being is there's just so much to talk about. Brand new regulations and uh, driver lineups have changed. Um, we've spoken to every driver uh, in the in the WRC field um, to get their opinions on the new cars, the hybrid vehicles that will be used this year, um, and we've also got um, you know talking to all the teams about how they're going to tackle this new challenge. It's uh, they've had to build these cars from scratch. Um, not a lot of time to get these ready, given that the season. Uh, last year only finished in November in Monza so uh, they've had a pretty much a busy Christmas just as I have uh, writing this uh, content. We've seen a few videos around of the Rally 1 cars what's your impression? I guess when you first heard about the regulations there was uh, perhaps a little bit of scepticism because the previous cars were so spectacular that you thought, well, how can this act be followed? And there will be a, an element of that with the new Rally 1 cars because to start with, they they, they won't be as quick as the previous generation, but that we have to remember the previous generation of cars have had five years of development. So it's hard to compare the two. But I think on paper, the cars themselves still look spectacular. They still sound great and... The, the bonus being is that these actually will produce more horsepower than the previous generation, but only in short bursts with the use of this hybrid power. So we will get 500 horsepower out of these cars, uh, courtesy of the hybrid power, which provides an extra 130 horsepower, but the boosts are only capped at 10 seconds. So we, we will only see it fleetingly, but I still think it'll be very spectacular to watch. And of course, when they're on public roads running on electric power, which will be interesting when one of those silently goes past you like a Toyota Prius just run the audience through for anyone that hasn't read your feature yet or who's you know who's not fully up to date on everything what are the main changes that we need to know about this year on top of what you just told us yeah so we'll start with um the hybrid so basically we've got the same 1.6 liter turbocharged internal combustion engine but this is now coupled to a 100 kilowatt control hybrid unit that all the teams will use uh, this hybrid unit will kick out 130 extra horsepower um, so and the drivers will activate this using the throttle pedal and also the power will be fed in using homologated engine maps so it's quite technical but in layman's terms the car will have their boost initiated by the use of the throttle pedal now the drivers will have a, as I said, 10 seconds of power at the start of the stage. Once that power is over, they've then got to regenerate power under braking to earn another hybrid power boost. They need to regenerate 30 kilojoules of energy under braking. It's quite a severe braking. It's not like a, a touch of the brake. It's a heavy brake 
for this to engage the regeneration and to activate an extra boost. So in theory, they can they can use as many hybrid boosts during the stage as possible as long as they regenerate the sufficient power to do so. So the batteries will be at 80% charge at the start of the stage, and the aim is to get down to 30% charge at the end. And this, this is capped by the FIA to stop the teams, uh, you know, trying to... Uh, get an advantage shall we say so the amount of energy used during the stage is the same for everyone that that is the key biggest change uh on top of that uh aerodynamics have been reduced by around 15 percent on the cars so they won't have quite uh it will be a big effect on fast rallies but on slower rallies you won't notice much difference there'll also be less suspension travel and there will also be uh, new, tougher steel space frame chassis that the cars are built around. These are extremely um, a, gr- a great addition, if you if you ask me, because they've already been tested uh, in regards to their safety through some uh, numerous high-profile testing accidents. So, uh, and they've come out on top uh, <laughs> very well. Uh, drivers have have walked away yes. from incidents which uh, they would have been injured in quite i would have thought in the previous generation of cars so the fia have done well there to regulate this and the teams have done brilliantly to build these new chassis from scratch um so basically they're they're your key changes uh the the one last bit which is actually quite interesting uh is there won't be a center active differential in the cars now what that means is um these these were developed quite heavily by the teams and they were really handy tools to tune the car's handling uh so you know a four-wheel drive car will naturally understeer so you'll need to tune that out and this tool was uh was used to do that now they've just have a front and rear differential with a 50 50 percent uh power split so um it it's a it's basically this is going to be a key topic because the hand of the of the cars is much more difficult now, uh, and the, it's really going to be an onus on the drivers to to tame these beasts rather than electronics doing it as it had done before. So that's those are your changes. There's a lot to get through, I know, but uh, uh, that is the key elements of the new Rally One car. Let's hear from a couple of the drivers now. You caught up with them pre-season. You asked Sebastian Ogier if he felt confident using the hybrid. Yeah, I have to say, uh, it, it feels, for me, it feels that the team has, has been doing a decent job on that side, and, and, and it, feels, uh, it feels okay to use it, uh, and, and it's, I cannot say it's, uh, it's bringing real issues uh, into, into the driving. Uh, obviously, it's fun to have this extra power when you, when you have it, and, and on, on that part, it feels okay, uh, but once, once again, Probably, you know, the the question mark is also reliability, and mm. <laughs> and and, and she, it will work all the time for for everybody. So there, he says that the question mark is reliability, and whether it will work all the time for everybody. That was the quote. How are you feeling about the reliability of these new cars? This is a very key uh, point of the Rally One cars. They haven't had a lot of time to get all of these ready, you know, in relative terms. So reliability is going to be a massive factor for all the teams, and drivers will, I think, uh, a lot of them will just be happy to reach the end of the rally um just to log some valuable miles understand these cars more uh and then sort of tackle the next few events and and be able to unlock more of these potential out of the cars so yes reliability is going to be a massive issue it was already a pretty big issue for high and i last year 
um, particularly that team struggled. Um, so this year, reliability will be even bigger prospect. And because we just don't simply just don't know where everyone is with these cars, all the teams where they're at. We don't know who's going to win. We don't know who's got done the best job, who's done their homework or not. So, yeah, reliability is going to be a massive factor. And in some respects, drivers may be better to to just tr- not trundle through the stages, but just be careful and cautious. <laughs> uh, maybe they might yeah. pick up some extra points. Who knows? But uh, maybe it'll be interesting to see just how uh, the drivers will attack this event. Well, that leads us on to what Solberg spoke to you about, Oliver, and you called him to ask about these new hybrid systems, and he said this. Yeah, definitely, it's very different. So uh, it will be different for every rally also. So, I mean, it's a lot to learn and a lot to adapt still, but I, I feel good and I have a, a good way of using it. And I, I think, yeah, I just need more mileage, as I said, and uh, it will be all good, hopefully. So his point there, I need more mileage, he says. So does that kind of play into what you just said in that the last thing he wants to do is day one, big shunt, lose mileage? Is it possible that we'll see the drivers at maybe 95, 98% of their capacity just because they want to learn? Yeah, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think that's exactly the case. But in, in Oliver's situation, it's a slightly different because this is his first year in the big time uh, with a factory drive for Hyundai sharing the third car with Danny Sordo. So he's not going to want to throw it off the road on his like first day at school, so to speak. So um, for him, you know, young guy, got a lot of, lot of talent, a lot of potential. For him, he just needs to have a clean rally. But for the others, yeah, it's... It's so difficult to know what your strategy is because we just don't know a lot of... It is really a voyage into the unknown. We don't know who is going to be able to master these cars better. Like, for example, the younger drivers might get to grips with this hybrid technology better than the older drivers. We just don't simply know. There hasn't been enough testing to know where everyone stands. So, yeah, I guess... And because Monte Carlo is such a specialist rally as well, it's unlike any of the others... Uh, maybe there is a case to, to be said, look, you know, let's just, you know, go 90%, not not 100% and just bank points because we don't know how valuable that's going to be come the end of the season. Now, you also spoke to Craig Breen ahead of the season to talk about driving style and particularly the regen. And this is what he had to say. Yeah, as long as you've, as long as you've regenerated enough. Yeah. Um, you, have to, you have to obviously regenerate enough, enough uh <clears throat> enough energy on your brake and then you unlock a boost and then yeah that's used straight away then. Uh, and then obviously once that's been once that's been used uh, you have to you know uh, re- um, regenerate enough again on your next braking zone and yeah you're just constantly uh, you're just constantly you know trying to, to regen as much as possible to, to, to allow you to get as many of these boosts as possible Okay, let's talk about that a little bit, actually, what Craig just said. Now, I have two, or in our household, my wife and I both drive electric cars. So her electric car is a little Renault Zoe. So the way that the Renault Zoe works is there's very little regen when she lets off the throttle. Uh, it's Blake, it's brake blended. So when she puts her foot on the brake, the motor starts to slow down the car and it puts energy back into the battery and then at some point if she were to brake very hard or when she gets down to five miles an hour friction brakes kick in i drive an mg zs ev it doesn't do brake blending i let my foot off the throttle and the car starts to slow down sometimes if it's in you know version like regen three mode quite a lot and so i i'm aware when i'm driving until electric cars are maybe more popular or more people have them i tend to slow down for a red light or a roundabout 
sooner, and I'm letting my foot off the, the, the throttle, but of course the car is then slowing down at a slower pace, but the brake lights don't come on and people are following me closely. And I'm aware that actually I've changed my driving style so that I'm not on the brakes because the minute I push the brakes in mine, the friction brakes kick in. So that's a very long explanation to ask you. Have you spoken to any of the drivers? We heard Craig mention there about how regen works. Do you think this could possibly change driving style? Because you explained at the start of the podcast, it's only going to recharge the batteries under heavy braking. There's no chance that when they go out on the first stage, they're going to all be driving totally different to what they've done before. But will the drivers have to adapt in terms of thinking, well, I need to go into a really heavy braking zone here to get more energy back into the battery because I want more power boost. What do you think? Absolutely. Um, And a lot of the drivers have already said that they will have to alter their driving styles because of this hybrid power because how it works is... um it's crucial. Like if you coming out of a slow corner and you haven't regenerated enough to get that extra boost, that will that will cost you valuable stage time. You could even lose a stage from from that not having that acceleration. So, it's massively important, as as um, Craig was saying there, that uh, you've got to think differently. Which is which is another interesting aspect to this whole championship that the drivers are now have to completely sort of turn on its head what they've done before in some respects because they will need to make sure they get the the regeneration to get this extra power boost because if they don't it's going to cost some valuable time on the stages it's it's a really interesting concept as Elfin Evans also said that it will be a massive difference if you don't get these accelerations so there's going to be a lot of focus on making sure they get the regeneration complete uh, it's it's going to be an interesting concept. I'm not quite sure how they're all going to cope with it, which is a, just another intriguing prospect. The other the other thing about hybrid that we should say is that when they do regenerate this power, it's used as soon as they touch the throttle pedal. So they can't just pick and choose where they deploy this power. It's as soon as they touch the throttle pedal again. So it's it's so crucial. Uh, it's going to be an interesting situation. Also with hybrid, we should obviously point out that the FIA will, on each event, determine how many kilometres or miles will be used in EV mode, so electric-only mode. For Monte Carlo, we're only actually going to have, I think it's 2.27 miles of full electric mode. Now, I'm sure this will increase as the season gets on and they understand how to use it all. But again, if you forget to go into electric mode, there's going to be penalties for doing this if you don't do it. Um, There's also other factors that will come into play. The reason for this obviously is to um, showcase a bit more green environmentally friendly future for WRC but also they also want to plan to use EV mode when the cars are going through towns and cities to sort of lessen the noise and the pollution or whatever that that uh, disruption shall we say that these cars uh, have so there's a lot of thinking behind it but again we will see how it's executed once uh, once the rally begins. What do you think about how it might or might not affect the show? And what I mean by that is I'm a huge fan of Rallycross. And part of that is just the visceral experience and the the madness. And partly because the races are short and it you know, appeals to the TikTok generation. Uh, and it, it literally is a made-for-TV sport, literally. But watching the electric version of that this year is going to be different and I want to have an open mind and the cars are still going to be spectacularly fast but and I and I, I drive two electric cars right so uh, I'm I'm all in with electric but my racing 
I don't know, man. It's a place to burn stuff. Like, if I'm going down the shops to go get a pint of milk, I don't mind driving electric. That makes sense for the planet. Have you spoken to people, drivers, team bosses about the show? Because the, the, the testing so far, from my perspective, I haven't seen it in person, only on video. Seems all right. Yeah, I think, I think the WRC has actually uh, found a nice blend between both worlds because, let's be honest, on the stages, the cars won't sound any different because when the hybrid power is engaged, there's still the, the, the internal combustion engine, so it's still kicking out the usual sound, which we all love. We're, the only difference you'll see is genuinely when the cars are in service park and when they're driving through the EV zones on the road sections, they will be obviously a lot quieter in an electric mode. So I actually think the WRC's done a very clever thing here. With that, they've lessened the blow, shall we say, of you know the downsides of having electric in motorsport uh, when the, the the action is on. Um, so I think. I don't think we're going to see much difference in terms of that visceral reaction, as you said, in, in the sport. They still can do the pops and bangs uh, we all love and the spectacular nature of it. So I actually think the WRC can be commended for the way they've tackled its approach to being a bit more environmentally friendly without sort of taking too much away from the show. All right, there endeth part one of Gravel Notes back in 2022. And join us as we talk about the championship next Welcome back to the second part of Gravel Notes with Tom Howard. My name is Martin Lee, and I'll be joining Tom on a few of his podcasts this year to ask him the questions. But, Tom, you are our man going to as many of the events as possible, and that all starts with Monty this weekend. You must be so buzzing to go to that. You described it before we started recording as a bucket list event, so you're excited, oh, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's the Monte Carlo Rally. Like, it's one of the most famous there are there is. So, uh, <laughs> like, it's um, yeah, it's been on my list for a long time. So to be actually there and to be there for a, a huge change of the rules as well, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to go. Let's talk about the the championship then. Uh, we've gone. We've covered off the, the tech in the first part. We heard from Ogier, uh, Solberg, and Bree. Now let's talk about some of the championship battles we're going to see this year and hear from more of the drivers that you spoke to as well for our seventeen page Autosport magazine preview. In terms of the championship, drivers and teams, what are the big stories that your listeners need to be looking out for? Well, of course, the big story is that uh, Sebastian Auger won't win the 2022 World Championship. He is only doing a partial <laughs> campaign for Toyota. So we are going to get, theoretically, a, a different champion. So the, a key player in that mix who's won eight World Championships, in, including the last two, is no longer there. So... Um, there's very much uh, uh, everyone will be fighting it out to 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 follow in his footsteps to become champion. So it's going to be very unpredictable. Also, we don't know who's done their homework with the car, so it, we don't really know who's going to come out on top. But there are obviously some key contenders. So I think you'd be hard pressed not to have uh, Elfin Evans at Toyota, Cali Rovenpera, his teammate the Hyundai of Thierry Neuville and Oit Tanak and M Sports Craig Breen for me, those are your contenders for the championship. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting mix of drivers there. Okay, that first name you mentioned there, Elfin Evans, uh, you caught up with him on the phone recently to ask him about that kind of runner-up status. And here's what he had to say. There's a lot of fast guys in the championship now, um, you know, some of which haven't had the... The best luck, let's say, over the last uh, last year or so. Um, so it is, um, you know, going to be really difficult to predict. And, and of course, now we've got you know, uh, sort of 
Ford coming into the, the mix again, you know, with a, with a strong driver lineup, etc. So it's um, going to be really difficult to call who's going to be informed, to be honest. And, uh, you know, that makes it exciting uh, going into the new season. So what do you reckon? Is he favourite? He's proven that he can be a world champion the last two years, as as we said there. He's been runner-up for the last two years to OJ. He's pushed him all the way uh, in those seasons in the same equipment. So he's, you know, you'd have to say, if you were, if all things considered, you have to say on paper he would be the favourite to be title contender. But because the cars are so different and we don't know how good this Toyota's going to be, we just simply can't, say that he's favourite because we don't know where he ranks up against the others. But he even said that, you know, you can't call me favourite because we just, you know, there's so many unknowns this year. And he's also said that he's not super comfortable with this new Toyota yet. So the fact that he's mentioned that already is quite quite concerning, I suppose, for Elfin Evans fans because um, he does tend to ha- need to have the cast, you know, in his, in his uh, shall we say, in his in a perfect situation for him to, to extract the best out of the car. And when he, when he is like that, he's phenomenal, as we saw with his wins in, in Rally Finland and Portugal last year. So um, he needs the car in his sort of um, wheelhouse, shall we say, uh, to, uh, to, for him to perform. But again, you can't rule him out because he's clearly talented enough to win this title. So um, <laughs> his biggest opposition, opposition could even come from his teammate, Cali Rovan Perez. So it's going to be a really interesting battle at Toyota. Well, it doesn't come much better than having a fan in Ari Vatnan who said that Rovan Perez is going to be the next youngest world champion. And you put that question to him when you gave him a bell to ask about his season. It's a bit tricky always. Uh, I don't really want to think think those things too much because of course it's nice to hear hear those words and somebody's trusting and counting on me but I don't really think about it so much because I know that the only thing what I can do is, is try to do the best I can and mm-hmm. try to achieve the, the good results for myself because that is always the, the main point for me. So when you got off the phone to him, that was a bit of a politician's answer he gave. He, you know, he's he knows he knows the game. A bit of a non-answer, which is yeah, it's nice, but hey, we'll see. Like all all motor racing drivers have kind of got that that answer non-answer. Uh, do you th- do you reckon he really knows though? He's got a he's got a good opportunity. This I year. think he's being clever there because I he doesn't want to put any extra pressure on himself. And let's be honest, he's still very young. He doesn't need to have that extra pressure on there. So it's it you know it's it. He's very being very clever there, but there's no doubting the talent that this uh, this kid has because um, he got his first two rally wins last year, uh, the first one in Estonia, and then he obliterated the field in Acropolis, which is not a not a place you go and do certainly on your debut at that event as well. So um, th- there's reason why Ari Vatanen said that because the guy is going to be a superstar. Uh, there's no question about it. He will be. I'm sure he'll be a world champion at some point. Um, and he's got plenty of years in the bank to do, still be the youngest because Colin McRae uh, did it when he was 27. And uh, so so <laughs> Cali's got a lot of uh, lot of time to do it. Um, for me, he could well be he could well be the champion this year. There's no no question why he couldn't. If the car is good, uh, he uh, he does exactly what he's done last season and builds on that. He's going to be a formidable person to to beat. And then you also spoke to Oit Tanak and put to him 
that perhaps last year was frustrating, but also this year could be wiping the slate clean. And here's what he had to say. Definitely the guys been been working and, and uh, we worked quite a lot uh, on the performance side and, and uh, the car improved, but, uh, but yeah, we just didn't uh, manage to, to put the package together, but uh, now we had a blank page, so we... We had a good chance to, to work through everything and, and hopefully for the next couple of years uh, it will work out. So yeah, he mentions the kind of blank page of 2022. Do you think it's going to be really important for him to kind of go into this, forget what's happened before and just try and start fresh? Absolutely. And let's remember, Oit Tanak is the only driver... Uh, to have actually sort of beaten Ogier to a world championship in recent years in 2019. So uh, he won the most stage wins last year. So he, he has the speed, has the skill, but reliability was so costly for him last year. But again, reliability is going to be a factor this year. So um, it's a really tricky one for, for him and Hyundai because they were the last manufacturer to commit to the new rules. So they've been playing catch up with the development of these cars already. And they lost their team principal uh, last month due to personal reasons. So the team's without uh, without its without a team principal at the moment. So there's a lot of um, upheaval, shall we say, going on at Hyundai. So that's that's the last thing you want when you're trying to develop a brand new car. And they also had a sizable testing accident with Thierry Neville uh, in December too. So it's not been a happy couple of months down there for that team. But it. Um, I think this is just what he needs, though. Uh, it's a, bra- a blank, uh, blank page, clean slate. Um, he could be the uh, the uh, the actual the one to go and go on and win this title because um, he's got this sort of ability to extract speed, which I haven't seen from other drivers quite like the way he does it. Um, and I think he will just be so fired up after last year uh, that he will just go out there and, and hopefully do the business. Now, let's finish off by talking a little bit about the season. Now, it's a at the minute, we don't know what's going to happen because over the last two years, motorsport calendars have been all over the place. But say we do, well, is it looking like 12 events at the moment? Do you think that's pretty nailed on? It, it will be 13. I'm, I've been assured that it will be 13. I know there's a TBC in the calendar, but I have spoken to uh, the WRC today, actually, and uh, they have confirmed to me that there will definitely be 13 rounds. I mean, the biggest uh, problem that they've had over the last two years, like every championship, has been COVID-19 and how to deal with that. Um, But there does seem to be uh, some, maybe some bright uh, brightness on the horizon. There are a couple of flyaway events back on the calendar with New Zealand and Japan. And I know Japan was on the calendar for the last two years and missed out due to COVID, but you'd have to think third time around, we will get there. Um, So I think from a calendar point of view, this is the only uh, situation that they need to sort is this TBC round, which won't be Rally Northern Ireland now, as we found out. Uh, that event is now no longer going to happen, which is a real shame for obviously all our fans in the UK. Um, but there is there is a genuine hope that uh, a UK round will happen next year. So um, the WRC are very, very keen uh, to get back to the UK. And I, I will be, uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident there will be a UK round next year. So in terms of the calendar, I think it's just how, what happened, what happens with COVID? If there's another variant or whatever, then who knows what's going to happen. But as it stands at this point in time, uh, I think we will get a 13 round season. 
So after Monte Carlo, we'll then head to Sweden in February, Croatia in April, Portugal in May, Italy in June. So those are the first five events before Kenya. From your conversations you've had with the teams and the team bosses, how will the teams be approaching the season last year? And I mean, during COVID, particularly the the flyaway races, there was a lot more remote working going on and uh, the kind of the idea of the the control centre back at base that I think, you know, Formula One's fans would be uh, familiar with, increasingly seeing perhaps that in in rally in terms of people thinking, do I really need to travel? Do you think that will continue? and Or do you think teams are keen to get everyone back at, at, at every event? What's your take on that? I think teams will be keen to get as many people as possible to every event this year because of the new cars. And the reason being is there's just so many unknowns. And I think they're going to need as many hands to the pump as possible to maybe fix things if they've gone wrong. For example, if a team has developed their car and it's found to be in the wrong direction, they need to act fast and, and be quickly and have as many staff as possible to be able to get this correct. So I think there actually won't be a lot of remote working. I think they'll be trying to get as many people as possible on the ground because who knows what, what is going to be thrown up with these new rules. We just don't, we simply don't know. So um, just speaking to the teams, um, that's my view at this point. I think they will be just, ha- they've been hand, hand to mouth for the last few months. So <laughs> it, I think it will, it will carry on. I think it will be an extremely gruelling campaign for them all this year. And when you first step into the service park, what's going to be uh, your first Port of call. I imagine Ogier and Loeb are going to be probably inundated with people wanting to talk about that rivalry in Monte Carlo. But as you finally get back into the actual atmosphere, uh, what's going to be your, you know, the, the first thing that you want to do? Is it just to get a lay of the land and walk around and just chat to people? So let the listeners know about what you'll I be doing. As soon as I get on the deck there, I think the first thing I'll do is make sure I go and have a look at all three of the cars. Just have a little nose about, see what they actually look like in the flesh, because... I've only like I've only been and seen the Puma, but that was before it had its uh, spectacular purple livery, shall we say, that uh, lit up social media last weekend. So, uh, yeah. which is great, and it's awesome for the sport to see stuff like that because it's great to see fans getting excited about a livery. You know, it's so, so often teams tend to go with the same thing year on year, year out. The fact that M Sport were very bold, went out there with a purple car, and I, as I said, I said to my colleagues that you know. Surely they've got to do a deal with Cadbury because, like, this is just perfect for them. Like, if, if they get Cadbury boost bars on the side of that car with the hybrid boost, well, it's a marketing, you know, opportunity gone missing. So, uh, anyway, but I think but uh, it's a genius. I think move. the first thing I would do is go go down and have a look at these cars because we, I think it'd be interesting just to see them up close, just to see how the three teams have tackled it, uh, which ways they've gone. I'll, I'll be very keen to do that first up, and then. Uh, have a chat with uh, with uh, the drivers. Obviously, you you hit on there, Ogier and Loeb, which we haven't talked about yet. Is the the other exciting element to this Monte Carlo rally is that uh, uh, the two greatest WRC drivers are, are potentially going head to head again, uh, and these two have fifteen Monte Carlo wins between them. So it's uh, it's quite a bit of dominance between the two Sebs. So uh, yeah. Uh, Loeb will be in a fourth uh, Puma. Uh, that's only for uh, one event at this stage, whereas OJ will be doing a partial season. So, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, spectacular. To, I mean, they're not short of headlines or storylines. So uh, I think I'm going to be very busy over the next few days. 
certainly, you know, my, I cast my mind back to the start of the podcast when you said, in theory, Ogier won't be the world champion this year. But, like, there are so many unknowns. This is going to be a season you do not want to take your eyes off. Don't miss it for a second. That's the start of our 2022 coverage here on the Gravel Notes podcast. Uh, we'll certainly be here with every re- preview and review. And as you and I have been talking about, if there is some really interesting things happening uh, mid-event, there's no reason why we, uh, maybe you or both of us won't pop up on this channel and uh, and have a chat about things uh, for the podcast listeners because... It's going to be a kind of suck it and see this season, right? Absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah, can't wait. I, I, it's It's been a long time since uh, we've gone into an event where we simply don't know who is going to win. So, um, yeah, and the fact that we will potentially have three teams going at it uh, with some lovely looking new cars. Um, yeah, cannot wait. Make sure you follow us on our socials. Check out Autosport. Uh, Tom, last year, what you did in terms of uh, kind of the weekend coverage uh, was just brilliant, posting some fantastic highlights and some great retweets of uh, some fan videos and stuff. Looking forward to doing, uh, seeing more of that, I should say. And make sure that uh, anyone you know who loves rally knows about Gravel Notes. We are back for a new year uh, with Tom in the hot seat, like I say, at hopefully all but as many as events that uh, covid allows us to be at make sure you are subscribed and we'll see you on the next one lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world is waiting. Waiting for new thinking. For bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community. Working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality. Where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.